Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, BPW number 57, that's by Esprimi Shear for Women, Shear number 57. We started to talk about um, the importance of holding back the sexual urges in the teenage years, pre-marriage years, and of course in the married life, to hold it back when needed, in the Nida period, and towards other people other than your husband, own husband or your own wife. And we bring down from the Torah about how important the shame and the gear is to watch, not to touch, not to have physical contact, and how it, it's greatly beneficial for a human being to do so. And that leads to healthy sexuality later in the right place, in the right context. So there is a mitzvah in the Torah that says, legales erva. Don't clo- come close in any way that will lead to be megala erva, to reveal nakedness, to cause uh, a sin. So this, what's written in the Torah here, gives us the prohibition that we're not allowed to hug or kiss or engage in any ta- type of sensual skin contact with somebody from the opposite gender. Most Paiskim hold that this is a dairaisa, that it's a biblical prohibition, that that's the, what the Torah is forbidding here, because it says the word leisikrivu. You're not allowed to even get close. You're not allowed to even have any type of sexual stimulation to get Cholila to lead to an actual act of giliarayas. Some hold it's a derabonon. But either way, it's, it's a serious thing because, and that's where Ilchil Chasichud also came in to um, provide that boundary, not to lead to this. And women in general need to know, men of course need to know, all of them need to know, but the men, women need specifically to know Nida, Hilchas Nida, the Hilchas Tfila, and the Hilchas Yichud, and so on and so forth. Now, physical contact or touch by physicians, dentists, uh, physical therapists, practitioners, that generally is is more lenient. Again, I'm again. I'm just going to say again, even if I talk about halachic things, you need to ask a rav. But I'm just bringing it out there. There's a machlekes about the permissibility of, let's say, a woman using a male beautician or a male manicurist or hairstylist, and the idea is really that the w- woman should try to add that gather to herself when it's avoidable to try to use a woman and a man the same idea even if technically it would be permitted um, to use a practitioner that's female and if they're the best uh, you know you know in, in the medical field you know then you know it's probably okay and fine and but in general one should try to avoid that type of a thing. Um, it, 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 a special um, attentiveness needs to be done that way. And then you have the Isser, of course, of not to follow your heart and your eyes. Now, for men especially, but it's really, we're going to talk about how it works on by women, that one cannot entertain focused romantic thoughts of a member of the opposite gender that's not your spouse. This is called herer. It's an iser herer. It applies to men thinking about women. And here, the, the thinking about other women is usser, whether or not it leads to whether it will, you know, the zara will come out or not. The herer itself is a problem. 
However, uh, here we spoke about before, a man thinking about his wife in a sexual way is permitted as long as there's no chashash of zera levatola, and it's and especially you know okay if it's close to in, the intimacy period. So we talked about that with the men in their shiurim. This iser technically may not apply to women, but the idea still is is that the women should not make light of this concept, and therefore it's very very important for women to be careful as well to think about romantic thoughts of people in the opposite gender that's not your husband. So that's extremely important. Emotional entanglements that can lead to touching is also usher by halacha because you want to behave in ways that create a unique soul bond that binds two half of neshamas together in a marriage. And that is extremely important. So one needs to understand also, both as a man and as a woman, in the way they behave, they're not just behaving on because of their own behavior, but their behavior affects other people. That's why the Jewish people, the Am Yisrael, is called a koima achashalema. It's a single organism in a certain way. And no man is an island unto himself. No woman is an island unto herself. We affect others, and we are by affected by others. And therefore, every Jew is responsible for the physical and spiritual welfare of their fellow man and their fellow woman, and prohibits an individual from placing stumbling blocks to others. And that means also that we have to be careful with our own behavior and how it affects other people. And therefore, to realize that the the, the, the tznias and dressing responsibly and not provocatively out on the streets is an is a responsibility because you're affecting other people. Now, I make it clear on the men's side very much so that they have the responsibility, no matter what a woman is dressed like on the outside, to be careful and watch their eyes. It's not an excuse that because there are women that are not careful and not don't dress modestly, that you're to look at them. Of course, you have to hold back and not look at them. So this does not give an excuse for a man to go after his eyes because it's difficult because of some women on the streets who dress provocatively. But at the same time, on the woman's side, they need to know that it's a responsibility. That doesn't mean they have to dress like a shmata. They could dress refined and even very nice, but in a refined way, and again, woman to woman, when there's a woman speaker here in Shiurim, from women to women, they know more. You, you people, you women, know more about tzniyas and refinement and looking beautiful. You could look beautiful and still be modest and elegant. Those are issues that women could talk to women about. But you see, this is the general concept and the guideline. The idea is that even putting aside people have ambivalent feelings about halacha. Um, some people have anger or resentment about halacha for whatever reason it may be. It's a separate issue altogether. I'm only bringing it up to bring out the point that whether at this point in your lives you are really strongly keeping halacha or you're not and you feel some 
disdain and you need to work through it. And I encourage you to work through it and to understand what halacha really is. But aside from that, just simply on a physical good life level, to maintain healthy boundaries and to say no when needed is a crucial life skill regardless. Regardless of even if you're not religious, even if you're not Jewish. It's a crucial life skill and it gives you a clear, healthy sense of self when you're able to say no to certain things that you know could be unhealthy. And this is a healthy thing to say no. And in Hashkafa-wise, Hashem often is telling us, I know it's hard, I know it's challenging, but I believe in you. You could, you could be strong, keep those boundaries for your own sake to benefit and enjoy in this world. And there's a line in, in the book, um, Holy Intimacy, by Sarah Marazov and Rifka Slanim, and I'm going to say this line and please listen to it, and this is what it says. When trying to please someone else by crossing your boundaries, you are actually betraying your relationship with yourself. That is a profound and very true statement. When trying to please someone else by crossing your boundaries, you are actually betraying your relationship with yourself. Meaning that you are um, valuing yourself when you have a certain self-discipline and control. This self-discipline and control, and we reiterated this many times because it's so important, because there's a lot of misconceptions about it. It's not meant to be oppressive. It's meant to be a protection for you and also to have healthy enjoyment, to enjoy it. We said a mushal many times, it's like an example of a fence surrounding a, a, a garden. You need that fence so that people shouldn't come in and animals shouldn't come in and destroy the garden. So you have to create that fence. But at the same time, you have to water the garden that's in the fence and you take care of it and you can enjoy it. You lock the, 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 the gate so no one else should come in or no animal should come in, no robber should come in. And you go in the garden when... It's the right time and the right place and enjoy it immensely. So this concept of a fence around the rose garden, which this fence is not just holding, keeping things away, unhealthy elements from the outside not to come in. It's actually allowing the ones that are in to enjoy it freely and openly. Same thing with the gedarm that we make in sexual aspects in marriage when you're putting a fence around your marriage it's not just the idea of avoiding the negative and not allowing outside influences to come in it's that it is actually enhancing and making beautiful and joyous and pleasurable being in that circle and enjoying it to the fullest now part of things we so we talked about the emotional contacts, emotional intimacy of being very careful about that and physical uh, that would lead to touch. So we're going to talk about touch and the benefits of touch and the matana of touch. And that is precisely why we need to be careful in the sexual realm not to touch and to, and to f- focus on using that touch in a sexual way with one's own husband, with one's own wife. It is clear that touch signifies safety and compassion 
and trust. Touch can soothe a person. And it's from the moment of birth, doctors encourage when new mothers, they have skin-to-skin benefits of connecting with their child, creates a certain calmness, helps the heart function. And there were studies on an fMRI brain scanner um, that when... um, you're anticipating an electric shock, for example, there'll be heightened brain activity associated with threats or stress. So there were participants that were in this study where they were in that stress, and then when their husbands held their hands while they were waiting whether they're going to get that electric shock or not, when they were holding their husbands' hands, they showed a marked reduction in the neural response of that anxiety. In other words, the effect of holding hands correlates with soothing, correlates with the marital quality that the couple shared. That is why I'm just giving you just an example, okay, which is a very good exercise. Now, whether or not to show physical affection in front of your children, we had other discussions about that. There's different opinions, different cultures, all to be respected. We We talked about those topics. But as an example, let's say on a Friday night and... It's the Torah period. And husband and wife is sitting on the couch and even the children are sitting on the couch. And it's a little cool, so they're putting a blanket over them and they're reading or he's looking into a safer and she's reading and they're sitting next to each other. So if under the cover they hold each other's hands, no one else is seeing, no one else knows, no one else is just between the two of them, that is a healthy, beautiful bond. It does create a connection. It creates an emotion of compassion. It triggers a release of love hormones, good feeling hormones, this loving touch. So in other words, when you have a feeling of deep connection is accentuated by a loving touch. And this feeling of connection is not logical. It's often overpowering. So between a husband and wife in the Torah period, especially if they're going to be intimate in a few hours later, the holding of the hands in a loving way has tremendous power. In a Kabbalistic aspect, which we're not going to get into that much, there are seven spheres. The first six, from Chesed through um, Hoid, is male-oriented, and Malchus, which is the seventh, is female-oriented. And the idea is, is that six represents the structure of physical, six sides, top, bottom, right, left, front, back. And the seventh dimension is beyond that. It's extended. It's 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 the it unites all of the six. Like a cube. A cube has outer surfaces, that's the six, and the seven is the inner core, the chias, the life force of it. And our um functionality to be ideal as human beings is you connect the outer layer with the inner layer, physically and emotionally. Now the way it works generally different different between men and women is that men tend to start from external physical aspects of affection and then turn inward. Women usually do the reverse. They engage from the inside out. They begin with the emotional bond and only then they connect physically. So a man may test a relationship by trying to initiating touch. You know, in the, in the, in the culture we live in, men touch women and women are almost always they take those advances much more serious than the men that are doing it. 
It causes her, the woman, to feel an attachment and invest her emotions into a relationship more heavily than the male who is touching her. Now, the truth is men and women both produce with the touching this hormone oxytocin, a hormone that feels good. But with women, with the production of estrogen, it's specifically a feminine sex hormone that specifically increases a very strong bonding and trusting effect. So that is why in so many in scenarios, when a man is merely flirting or casually exchanging, but she, he's touching her, and he's not so emotionally engaged, on the woman's side, she will be very emotionally attached and even destroyed and shattered when it's broken up. That is a real physiological difference between men and women. Therefore, one, you know, a, a man could ignore and overstep his boundaries. So a woman, if that ever happens, needs to state her wishes that no, loy, there's borders. I'm talking not even just, just common sense, aside from the halachic ramifications of this. And of course, if she feels she's in a dangerous situation, uh, she has to get out and call police or whatever it is. And even in a non-dangerous situation, you have a guy, a nice guy, gentle person, can't hurt a fly, it's still very unhealthy and dangerous to, to have, to use those physical touch that could bring those emotional responses that are so powerful it could overrule logic and clear thinking and lead you to a path that's very unhealthy. So the idea behind it is, is the halachas regarding the physical contact prior to marriage or during marriage in the need period or during marriage towards people of the opposite gender is extremely beneficial for us, not just in a ruchniistic level to maintain the kedusha of Am Yisrael, but also, it's, it, is, it is in the practical living of a happy life, of a happy, emotionally free, and sexually enjoyable life with one's own spouse. This concept is very, very important. And to take pride in this. And it actually enhances the excitement sexually with one's own husband, with one's own wife, when they're careful with these halachas of touch, because touch is a tremendously powerful act. Bracha Natzlachem.